Authors on the Air with Terry Shepard, award-winning broadcaster, narrator, and author of the Jessica Ramirez Thrillers. Brought to you by the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Thanks, Lisa. Avanti Centre's website bio tells us she always wanted to be a writer. Her mother was a teacher and her dad gathered intelligence in Okinawa during the first decade after the Korean War. Avanti loved reading and writing, but bowed to family wishes and became a Silicon Valley IT executive. A health scare caused her to reassess priorities, and at the top was the goal of becoming a best-selling author. Her debut, Van Ops, The Lost Power, was an award-winning Barnes & Noble Nook bestseller. Solstice Shadows Van Ops No. 2 cemented Avanti's reputation as one of the best thriller writers in the business. When we connected, the Doomsday Medallion was still basking in the glow of winning BestThrillers.com's Best Political Thriller. <laughs> that book, Doomsday Medallion, was a blast to write and research. Um, it's about the the hunt to find uh, Nostradamus's um, lost medallion. And our our group, the Van Ops team, is is at it again. We've got Maddie Marshall, tall, long-legged, um, uh, pursuit of truth and justice, and her, uh, her brother who just sees the world as uphill both ways, and her boyfriend um, who really wants her to make babies and she's like no 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 not ready to make babies so you've got these these three people that came from a more um pedestrian background that are now um putting on the glasses of we're covert ops right so when the series started maddie was an app designer will was an engineer and bear was a marine and through the series they've gotten pulled into this world of covert ops and now they have to dig up um, a mystery about their mother who died when they were young, the twins, um, and um, find this medallion of Nostradamus um, because the bad guys want to use it um, with the Chinese-Taiwanese conflict. So it's got some, you know, a little bit of geopolitical stuff. It's got some, you know, visionary, you know, we've got a, a young girl who um, who can predict the future. Um, and how does she do that? Uh, she predicts the invasion of China and Taiwan. And so it just it goes from there with, uh, you know, trademark Avanti Centre nonstop action. Your books feel like they were made for the screen when you're writing them. Is that what you're thinking about? Well, I see it in my head, you know, the um, scene by scene. So I outline it and then I see each scene and I just write down what, you know, what I'm seeing take place in my head, trying to keep in mind, you know, that every scene needs to have some really good conflict um, and a few other little things. You know, it's got to tie back to the theme. It's got to, you know, have some characterization for the characters. Um, you know, we need some atmosphere in there too. So, you know, I, I try to balance my little checklist against what I see happening in the in the scene. But yeah, a lot of people have said that it would play out well cinematically. You seem to have cracked the code on how to become a best-selling author. What's the secret? I think that it's about getting your name out there. And I think I liken it to uh, a boulder at the top of a mountain getting pushed off and then gathering steam as it goes downhill. And that boulder to become a New York Times bestseller list is big. 
that's a big boulder. And so, you know, your first, your debut and all the effort that goes into that, you know, you've got to really push that boulder and you need a whole team, right? You need a publicist and a marketing expert and multiple editors and a great cover designer. And that can be, you know, your own or through um, a publisher. Um, But it takes a lot of work to get that first, you know, just to complete that first manuscript. You know, you've got to dig deep and have a belief in yourself that you can write that book. Right. That's often the biggest hurdle that new authors face is, oh, am I any good? I don't know. And I've had to jump over that myself. So you got this rock, you know, and you and your team are pushing it. But it's so heavy that at first it rolls really slowly. Nobody's heard of you. You know, nobody knows that you're writing the next great thing. Um, you know, one in a million debut authors uh, gets the right combination of, you know, publicity and it just hits it just at the, the you know, the right out of the gate. I think 99% of the rest of the authors don't get that breakthrough book until book, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, The Da Vinci Code, that was Dan Brown's third book. Um, you know, I think Steve Berry, it took four or five for him to really take off. Um, so it just takes time for that to pick up steam and for your your name to get out there as somebody who's writing quality books. And, um, and then once you do hit that breakout book, then everybody can go back and read all your stuff and go, oh, wow, you know, this is really fantastic. And it's, uh, you know, it does my heart good to see the, the reviews coming in off of Doomsday. You know, people are really resonating to it and think it's great. And that, that does my heart good. You know, I, I like writing quality fiction that could, you know, compete at the New York Times bestseller level. That's, that's, my, that's my goal. When did you know that becoming an author was your destiny? Yeah, that's a great question. So we have to go back to when I was a child and reading everything I could get my hands on and thinking, oh, I want to be an author when I grow up someday, right? So again, a thought that, um, you know, colored my whole life. Uh, When I was traveling around Europe in my 20s, I was jotting ideas down and tried writing and just thought, oh, I haven't lived enough. I need to live for another couple of decades before I really have something to say. I don't know what to say. You know, I don't just want to write something pulpy. You know, I want to have something to say. Um, you know, my the books that I really liked the most were the ones that um, combined some, you know, like a moral to the story or some sort of message um, with well-written fiction. And so, um, but I prepared, you know, in my twenties and thirties, I was, um, reading writer's digest. I was picking up books, you know, how to write and sell your novel. I was studying plot structure and story structure. I was making mental notes, you know, about the different movies that I saw and the books that I wrote. Um, and then I had a health scare, uh, back in 2013 and, you know, one of those where you sort of have to take stock of your life and look at your bucket list and go, oh, hmm, I'm not going to live forever. You know, there we all have an expiration date, whether we like it or not. And what do I want to really do and accomplish between now and the time that the Grim Reaper comes calling? And I decided that it was time to write, um, you know, my novels. And so I sat down and I started outlining and um, it took me a while Uh, to outline The Lost Power, which was my debut. And along the way, I reached out to a couple of editors and um, some other people in the industry because 
I didn't know if I had that talent. I didn't know if I could write. I didn't know if I could craft a novel. I had no idea what I was doing, um, except that I had learned a little bit along the way. And so I reached out to um, a couple of editors who gave me some fantastic feedback. And once um, I had the outline the way that I wanted it, then I just took it one chapter at a time. You know, okay, today I'm going to write chapter one. You know, tomorrow I'm going to write chapter two. And there was, you know, research for each of those chapters, right? Okay, so I need to dig into this. Where are we? You know, what are we doing? What do I need to know about what's going on with this particular chapter? Um, and before you knew it, um, I had a fully completed book and then I ran it back by some of those editors again um, got more feedback and then I started to shop it and I found um, an agent who found me um, a publisher and then you know then they did additional edits um, and then it came out in uh, in 2019 and then the second book was much easier to write because now I had at least an inkling of what I was doing um, and I got some positive strokes for the first one so I was like okay, maybe, you know, maybe I can do this. So that confidence, you know, kind of builds slowly over time, right? And that big rock starts to gather just a little bit of momentum as it's cruising down that hill. Um, and then uh, next thing you know, there's a third book and um, the fourth book comes out in November, Cleopatra's Vendetta. Um, and now I'm working on a fifth one. So it just, um, you know, it just, just, starts to starts to roll but along the way you know I learned a lot about um, you know marketing and you know what publish publicists do and um, you know there's a whole industry uh, around writing that was different than all the other industries I've ever done and I've done quite a few um, you know along along my journey uh, a little bit of a renaissance woman here um, but publishing is um, is unique in a lot of ways some some ways good some ways not so good <laughs> tell us about that journey what was the winding road that brought you to writing professionally oh my gosh so when i was young i was a lifeguard uh drunk in college um and then uh i've got a whole 20-year career in it behind me everything from technical uh, database analyst, programmer, business analyst, uh, to project manager and IT executive. Um, so there's 20 years of doing that, which ties into some of the cybersecurity threats that are present in my novels. So that feeds that. Um, I also took some time off and was a raft guide for a while. Um, that was fun on the American River. And we see some of that in some of my books, you know, where the, the heroes get tossed into a river and have to survive, you know, heading, heading, um, you know, downstream in, in the river. Um, and, um, yeah, so that was, um, so those are some of the unique things that I've done. Um, I've also invested a lot in real estate, flipped a lot of houses. Um, I think I flipped 18 houses, but you do, you learn something, you know, from all of those. Why write? Um, I think writing for me is a way of, um, it's like, remember that song, I want to buy the world a Coke? I'd like to buy the world a Coke. I'd like to buy the world a story. Um, stories can change the world. They really can. Stories changed my life, made me a better person. Um, stories are a great way to learn. Um, they're a great way, like you said, to learn about, um, about empathy 
about emotional intelligence, about what it's like to be somebody else. You know, when you're in that book, you know, you are Maddie Marshall, you know, and you're learning that, oh my gosh, I've got some unusual skills. Um, and what's it like to shoot a gun? I don't know if I like this gun thing, you know, um, uh, you know, or you become um, a Marine, you know, you got bristly hair and broad shoulders and, you know, what's it like to be a Marine who's always wanted to be a covert operations um, officer. Uh, so you get to learn to be those people. Um, you also get to kind of see what it's like to be the bad guy and, and what their motivations are. You know, I love digging deep into the bad guy characters and, um, you know, why, why are they the way they are? And often it's because something horrible happened to them when they were children. Um, and then they made some decisions, right, about who they were or who the world, um, you know, it, what the world is. Um, you know, they, they um, you know, they, from their decisions about themselves and their belief systems, then they... Um, proceed to do bad things. But at the core, they're human just like us. They've just made some um, decisions uh, or adopted some beliefs that um, cause them to be violent. Uh, so I think it's, so I think stories are a great way to learn empathy. They're a great way to escape, you know. Um, sometimes life kicks us in the gut, you know. Um, you're, you're, um, you're, husband or wife is diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and has two months to live. Oh my God. You know, that's, that's a gut kick. That makes me want to cry just thinking about it. Right. And sometimes we don't have the capacity to deal with all that emotion at once. Sometimes we have to kind of parcel out that processing. You know, some of those things that life throws us are big and we can't deal with them all at once. And so, you know, we can turn to drugs or alcohol or we can read a book right? Um, so, um, so I think books give us an escape, you know, they, they let us set aside all the worries and cares, um, and, uh, allow us to enter a whole new world for, you know, a couple of days as we dive in. So I think there's, um, a lot of, uh, things that books can do. And so I, I um, it's my way of, of giving back. You know, I've had a, a fascinating life and I, I want to buy the world a story. <laughs> Readers love your characters. What makes a good protagonist? I think a good character, uh, you know, you kind of prop them up and sketch them out and you give them uh, personality traits and, and belief systems um, and you, you kind of... Uh, sculpt a, a mannequin version of them, right? You give them the, the, the long hair and the long legs and the emerald green eyes, and then you put them in the story. And then they kind of, then they, they, they become 3D and they, they get flesh and, and they start to decide what kind of clothes they're going to wear and, and how they're going to react when they um, come across some trash in the street, you know, Maddie Marshall's going to pick it up and she's going to put it in the next trash can. You know, that's, that's kind of what she's all about. Um, and, you know, I like to, I like character driven thrillers um, that have a lot of action and it's a trick to, to get character growth in a series um, 
and have a lot of action because, you know, I think that a lot of the real action-oriented thrillers that we've grown up with have characters that are, um, they don't grow very much from one story to the next. And although that can allow the author to write 20 books in that series, um, it's not enough for me as a reader. You know, I, I want um, characters that, that grow over that series. So yeah, Maddie's Maddie's grown a lot. And Will has too, you know, in the first book, um, there were a lot of people who didn't like Will. He, he did some things um, out of grief that um, a lot of people were like, oh, what a cad. I don't like this guy at all. I can't believe he did that. Um, and, you know, I, I, it's, it's what he did. And, and having traveled the world um, and gone through some grief episodes myself, I thought it was realistic what he did um, down there in Jerusalem. Um, you know, his, his wife had just passed away and he slept with somebody like two weeks later, he, he, he ran into a woman that had, he had an attraction to, and he slept with her. And a lot of readers were like, Oh, I can't believe he did that. You know, his wife hasn't even been buried, but having traveled the world, you know, I've seen what people do when they, when they get away from their country and, you know, the trappings of their normal life, man, all the stuff comes out and people do some crazy stuff. And when you're grieving, you know, you'll do anything to feel better. So I, I thought his behavior was realistic. Um, and some of the people that, uh, you know, went ahead and read the second and third books in the series are also watching Will grow quite a bit. Um as as he's um, challenged to, um, you know, his um, he's got sort of this negative Nelly type personality, like I said, where life is uphill both ways. But the Van Ops organization, which is a very deep undercover black ops organization, recognizes that as a skill. Um, and so they have him poking holes in some of their plans. You know, if, if they're going to um, try to infiltrate something, they want somebody like Will to beat up their plan. And so, you know, Will's gaining confidence, you know, as the stories go on that, you know, his, um, his skills, which Maddie's always made fun of, um, are actual skills and, and not uh, just an Eeyore type personality. So it's, it's fun to watch all the characters grow. What do you think your five star readers like best about your writing? Mm. I think they really like a couple of things. Um, they like the, the mix um, of intrigue, history, science, and mystery, right? All kind of put in, a, in an action package. Um, so they like the settings. Um, they find that the, um, you know, they're able to get that escape that we talked about. Um, all my stories to date have been set uh, outside of North America. And so people um, who have been to those places uh, often compliment me on, oh, wow, did you go to that place? Because I was there and you captured that place to a T. Um, they also comment about the, the visceral reactions that they have. You know, thrillers, I think, should thrill. You know, I think you should get a little bit of a gut clench. Not in that horror kind of way, you know, where you're just like, ew, 
but in that that suspenseful sort of ah, what's going to happen um, I have to turn the page you know so those are some of the things that the the five stars um, really like how do you define success I think success as an author is um, is is being in the black um, is making more money than I spend right because I don't know if if readers really understand how much money authors put into their craft and um, you know everything from you know if, if you want your own editor to look at it to the marketing to hiring the publicist um, I'm pretty sure that even um, some of the biggest names uh, James Patterson for instance he recently took out a full page ad in the New York Times and I read that it cost him hundred and fifty thousand dollars for one day one page ad for one book his publisher didn't pay for that he did you know and he does things like he gives bonuses to um, uh, bookstore employees at Christmas time you know that's not his publisher that's him so even the biggest guys um, are putting money out of their pocket to make their their books um, financially successful and so you know I feel like I'm getting pretty close to that. You know, the the rock is rolling downhill and it's starting to get some steam. And so for me, success is, um, you know, I'm, I'm not in it to make, um, you know, a fortune, but it would be nice if I made a little more than I spent. A common goal for all of us who make our living on a keyboard. Avani Centre's newest, Cleopatra's Vendetta, debuts November 15th. And you can learn more about her growing canon of thrillers at avantecentre.com. That lyrical name is spelled A-V-A-N-T-I-C-E-N-T-R-A-E.com. Authors on the Air with Terry Shepard is a copyrighted presentation of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Check out Chasing the Captain, the newest Jessica Ramirez thriller from Terry Shepard, available in print, digital, and audiobook. I'm Lisa Davis. Join Terry in the next chapter for Authors on the Air.